Welcome to the Scholars and Storytellers podcast, a podcast brought to you by the Center for Scholars and Storytellers at UCLA. This episode, recorded on October 11th, 2019, is about media and early childhood learning, featuring Vicky Ariyasu and Diane Ikemiyashiro. Vicky Ariyasu is Vice President of Diversity and Inclusion at Disney Channels Worldwide and with the Disney Junior Education Resource Group. Diane Ikemiyashiro is the Executive Director of Original Programming at Disney Junior. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy. So I think we decided I was going to go first to tell about the background, and then Di will go. So I, I heard somewhere that you're supposed to be able to tell your life story in five minutes, so I'm going to try to do my best at that. Um, a little bit about my personal background is I was born and raised in Los Angeles and have spent most of my formative life here, excepting for um, a little stint away for grad school. So. My undergrad is actually here from UCLA, go Bruins, I had to throw that out there. Um, I also have a graduate degree from Harvard in technology, innovation, and education. I would say that most of my work experience has been in the film and television industry across different forms of content. I started in live action film, I worked at Amblin Entertainment for Steven Spielberg, worked for some other movie producers at Disney, after Harvard, I came back to Los Angeles and worked in the animation field on some great properties like Alvin and the Chipmunks and the Rugrats for Nickelodeon and Klasky Chupo. Uh, I would say after that, for a big portion of my time, I was an independent consultant. I had my own company doing very similar work that I do now, but for a lot of different clients. And that was always fun to work with different studios and networks and executives and content creators, but really always focused on that integration of early childhood education and great storytelling across all different IP. So that was always enjoyable. I would say about seven or eight years ago, who is my boss and the head of creative at Disney Channels came to me and asked if I would be interested in the opportunity at Disney Channels and Disney Junior, and I jumped at the chance, and that's when I came into what my current role is. Initially, it was just a focus on the integration of early childhood educational content across the Disney Junior portfolio, and I'm sure Di and I will share some of you, uh, some more with some of the wonderful properties that we work on, but it's ranged from Mickey Mouse Clubhouse to Jake and the Neverland Pirates. Um, it's a wealth of wonderful stories. Um, what am I missing? Sophia the First, and we'll tell you more about some of the current things we're working on. So education is a really big part of what I look at. I also am very involved in our pro-social work. Other companies and other organizations might call that corporate responsibility, or we at Disney call it enterprise social responsibility, but that's about taking our stories and our content from the screen out to kids and families and to communities. So we've had some wonderful partnerships with organizations like UNICEF or Girl Scouts or NASA, also children's museums, and just a lot of wonderful entities who are experts in a space outside of what we do. And the last thing I do, I think a lot of us have different hats that we wear. We wear many hats, whether you're a mom or you work or a daughter or all those things. But so my third hat from a work 
standpoint is I oversee diversity and inclusion across Disney channels. So that is our work in live action, whether it's our movies team I have the pleasure to work with, our series episodic, our development, and as well as our studio partners over at TV Animation, and that's focusing on content for kids two to five and six to 11. So did I make that in five minutes? Yeah, five. <laughs> <laughs> it was exactly. Good. Your turn. So I am the executive director of original programming for Disney Junior. And my career trajectory, I, I'm all over the place. So <laughs> I didn't start out wanting to go into film and television. I actually wanted mm -hmm. to be an attorney. And so my background and, and my, um, my focus was actually studying law and I wanted to work in politics and government, and um, so it, I actually found my calling through wanting to be a children's advocate. Um, and even before that, um, just a little bit personally about my background, I'm a California native. I was born in Los Angeles, like Vicki, mm -hmm. and um, my parents are, are immigrants from Lima, Peru. Mm -hmm. So I actually, um, I have a lot of Spanish roots and, and, um, um, uh, and, and also I'm Okinawan, from, that's what my parents' heritage is, so um, I'm all over the place too, <laughs> which, which actually I, I find it really helpful to um, the different type of stories that we tell at Disney and, and throughout my career, my life, I, I find that my background helps in that. Um, and so before Disney, I worked in, in government and I was a writer, a creative writer. And um, just through working and, and realizing this is actually not making me happy. So I- Tell them what part of government and what yeah, you did. It's I so was a writer. Um, I, I worked for a presidential administration for the wow. Clinton administration. And um, I was a staff writer. I, I met the most wonderful people, so dedicated. Uh, my, I met my husband, he, he's a writer too. And um, just through my, my time in Washington and uh, working in government, working with very dedicated and inspiring people, I thought, how, what else could I do to influence children, but in a way that I could use my love of the entertainment industry, mm -hmm. performing arts. Um, my sister and I, I have a twin sister, we were not good in sports. And our parents wanted us to play instruments or, um, but we, we love dance. So we've always had a foot in entertainment. Um, and then also being a child of immigrants, a lot of people could attest to this. We watched a lot of television mm -hmm. and learned about culture through watching all different kinds of sitcoms, um, television shows, so I, I actually have an affinity and a love for media. Um, and then so getting back, after I left Washington, my husband and I decided, where do we want to go and, and, um, and settle down? And, and um, we left Washington, came back to LA, where I'm from and my whole family's here. And the first job that I had was actually a temp in, in um, the industry. And that's, that was how I really learned about working in a production and working with people who love to do what we do, mm -hmm. we're storytellers. 
And um, I just worked my way up like a lot of people, young people who want to work in this industry. And I didn't go to film school, but I do have a love for reading and watching f movies and theater. So that's where I really, I feel like I, I, my base is and, and what makes me really happy is watching content and film and, and doing um, a lot of the work that I do is based on those really early um, um, tenants in, in storytelling. Mm -hmm. And so after years of working in, in production, I was able to get an opportunity working in development. And um, that's where I, I realized this is what I want to do. I'm not going to go into the writing, the creative side. I actually love bringing people together and, and working on a team and helping the actual creators of content really uh, support their vision. So that's how I got into development and then worked my way through the system in, um, in the studio system. And then, um, then as we all do, we go on to the next opportunity <laughs> and my current boss, Joe D'Ambrosia, who is our, um, our leader, our fearless general leader, manager. general yeah. manager of Disney Junior, whom I worked with previously, said, Di, why don't you try television? And I, I thought, I've never worked in television, but because of my, my love for, for reading and, and scripts and, and um, development, I thought, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try this. And I actually am the happiest I've ever been mm -hmm. in a career because in television, we're making hundreds of stories. And um, I, I, I think it's like making many movies. So if we have an order of 25 episodes, mm -hmm. then we get to create through the series, 25 little mini movies. So mm -hmm. that's, that's basically where I am now. Mm -hmm. Did you cover what you currently do? Oh. <laughs> Which is current? Which so, is current? Yes. I'm just going to interview you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so in current program or current series, what, what we're tasked as the creative executives, we oversee and, and support the creative teams on each of the series. So I work directly with the executive producers, the art directors, the story editors, and what we do as network executives is we are the voice of Disney Junior, and we help our talent um, work on their vision and make sure that it's uh, on brand. So um, our creators create and they do their magic, and we work with the most amazing talent in the industry, and I find it so rewarding because different shows that we work on means that we get to work with so many different types of personalities and backgrounds and that's what I enjoy mm -hmm. and, and so uh, on any given day we're working on multiple shows and each show has a different need and so that's what we do. That's great. <laughs> so you actually asked one of the, we had predetermined we were going to ask each other questions, but I was going to say, well, you know, we were going to ask each other what your favorite part of our work is. But I think Di really hit on that, which is we've both clearly been in this industry for a long time, maybe longer than we want to admit, but <laughs> a long time, enough to have worked for, you know, many really successful 
studios or production companies. And I think what I share it, with your sentiment as well is, you know, at this place and this time in my life and my career is to be able to work with and alongside so many talented, passionate um, creators and executives and just people. And I, I think for me, I see it as it's a part of children's programming, but there's been times in my life, in my career, when maybe you didn't have this wealth of resources or this sort of network around me or us, but we're in this really special moment in time. It's the work is very hard and it's very challenging, but it's also really rewarding. And I think what accounts for that is really just that we share really similar goals and a similar vision for how we want to go about creating that content, the thoughtfulness behind it, and that goes into it every day. And what I'm so most proud of is what we all do together, whether it's at the network or with our production partners, um, our crews, our teams, is just that commitment to quality. Mm -hmm. And I always say, when people ask me, I say, one of the things I take on about my work is that I feel like I'm the guardian of all of those young children who sit, and I used to say in front of a television screen, but now it's probably in front, front of some tablet or a, a phone or mobile device, but is that to, with the utmost in, um, extent in terms of an integrity standpoint, is we're telling, number one, the most entertaining and engaging story for where they are, those children, in their life stage. I also know that a lot of our content is consumed not just by kids, but by caregivers as well. But inherent to that is the wonderful stories, but also with a great responsibility is how we integrate our messaging and our takeaways and our representations and that, you know, we have such a wonderful depth and breadth of content. So I feel like it's such a, a privilege what we get to do. And I think about of all the jobs I could have or all the places that I might work, um, it's, it's really, it's hard, hard work, but also really rewarding. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, Yeah, and, and just to tie it back into what the Center for Scholars mm -hmm. and Storytellers does, the power of storytelling to shape youth development in positive ways, which is what Yalda talked about in her first streaming, yeah. um, that is exactly what our goal is. And at Disney, mm -hmm. we are all about telling magical stories with heart, but also really important is telling stories that matter. And we have a, a big responsibility at Disney because it may be the first time at Disney Junior that kids may be watching our Disney content for the first time. Because our, our mm -hmm. audience for Disney Junior, it's for two to five-year-olds. So we all are very, very conscious of what type of stories we want to tell and we hire the best talent out there mm -hmm. to make the shows for us and with all together with the entire company with at Disney Junior whether it's production or with the ed team working with marketing and PR and we all know that we have this huge responsibility and hopefully through our content we will be able to influence and um, and inspire kids to be 
characters just like the the um, or to inspire kids to be responsible human beings and citizens of the mm -hmm. world and just like Doc McStuffins who is such a nurturing character or Mickey Mouse who is a friend <laughs> yeah. to all um, and Fancy Nancy who is so open and, and free and full of life and and she's a, a, a again a friend and a wonderful daughter and um, it, we're, we just love what we do mm -hmm. and, and because of the characters that we put on the screen. It's the values and, and um, the, the, what, we, what we all aspire to mm -hmm. have. Hi listeners, we hope that you're enjoying this episode of the Scholars and Storytellers podcast. The Center for Scholars and Storytellers is an organization dedicated to bridging the gap between scholars and storytellers to promote positive youth development. Are you interested in learning more about the other projects we're working on? Check out our website at scholarsandstorytellers.com and find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram by searching Center for Scholars and Storytellers. Now, back to the conversation. So um, I think what, what we're just talking about here, mm -hmm. and I loved how you brought in, um, and I watched um, Yalda and George, the first stream, and found it so interesting, but is that intersection of, of what the Center for Scholars and mm -hmm. Storytellers is really all about and what it promotes and where the progress here is. And, and for us, that's something that we really um, deal with day in and day out. So mm -hmm. it's something that is always top of mind and whether we're talking about how do we uh, integrate uh, data or information or best practices from a research standpoint, but is it's really one of the utmost important goals for us is what is the most age appropriate? How are we going to relate or connect and be and do that the most informed? So, a part of um, the process of what we do is making sure that we reach out to those experts, whether, like, like I said, it's from child development, our cultural experts. I think we both mm -hmm. probably share the ideal that sometimes we don't know what we don't know, mm -hmm. but what we do know is when we need to ask for help or resources or support. So one of the questions that we had earlier on that mm -hmm. we saw that y'all gave us was, does research come into the process? So maybe you and I both can t handle one. There's, mm -hmm. there's actually a lot of different ways that research factors into helping us to be successful in, in what we do, right? The, mm -hmm. Whether it's the insights or what, what my team does on the more formative evaluation side. Mm -hmm. You wanna talk about some of that? Yeah, and, and even before we go into production with the series, we like to test our concepts and the characters and the themes and we digest all the information and, and all of that is useful whether it's positive or it's challenging. Um, and we really learn from what the kids and their parents or guardians and, and um, what they have to say. And we, it's very useful for us because if we're dealing with a new character or a new type of story, then it, we, it helps inform the storytellers what lens we may need to look through mm -hmm. that maybe we were just unaccustomed to or we didn't fully understand. Mm -hmm. um, 
So I, I think that that is applies to across the the portfolio of what we do, whether it's animation for two to five or six to eleven, or even on the Disney Channel side for our live action, is it's really important for us to get those insights and that feedback so that we can give that back to our creative executives and you've talked about our showrunners and anyone who is tapped and responsible for creating the most engaging and the most impactful content as possible. You know, it's it's the power of storytelling, I think. And I remember Yalda and George talked about this, which is that the tremendous influence, and you mentioned it yourself, Di, of what your interest was, has, has the potential for so much impact and really in a positive way and absolutely in a, a negative way. But, you know, to take the positive lane, which I think is always where I want to be, which is the glass is half full and not half empty, but is it's our responsibility to make, to make sure we're informed through this process. Mm -hmm. So we work with so many teams across Disney and there's that synergy word, but you know, I haven't always worked at Disney, but coming in, that's the thing that so much impressed me about our system is that, you know, the resources are there, the thought partners are there, we have this word, key stakeholders are there, but to make sure that we turn over every stone in a sense, mm -hmm. so that as we move through the development pipeline, whether it's for animation, story, or art, or just a storytelling pipeline, is that as that um, story, that character, those world is tracking, is that we're making the best possible decisions because we know that ultimately millions and millions of kids are gonna consume our media if we've done our job well. I think on a more granular level, I'll share a little bit what my team does um, on the early childhood ed side. So I always set this up and say, in the more academic educational research area, it's called formative evaluation. It's not something specific to Disney. A, a lot of people who work in content production or development do this. A lot of technology and media producers use this as well. But it's about to, on a very iterative, rapid cycle, you're getting information back, who ultimately is your consumer. For us, it's kids really three, four, and five years old um, or older, but um, how research comes into play. And we're at this place right now where the general term is called testing, but I have this pet peeve as I like to not call it testing. I call it, we call it school studies. And where that came from is these kids are giving us their insights. They are telling us with an unfiltered lens or through conversation or an interview what they really think about something. And sometimes they're telling us also for the lack of being able to answer a question. So the reason why we don't call it testing is because there really isn't a right or wrong answer. It's really just insights and, and data, but um, is to, to get a sense of, uh, across our shows going through uh, the pipeline on a day-to-day -day basis, basis what is Dai's responsibility and, and our whole team is to make sure that we understand how kids are relating or not or how information might be going over their heads and we do this whether it's by going to schools or doing focus groups or going into research facilities but by any means necessary Mm -hmm. We want to understand 
um, what kids are thinking or not. Um, I think additionally is about, um, you know, we talk about data and information and research is also really understanding who our audience is from both a national level and a global level, but to know how every day the world changes, what it looks like, who our kids are. You, you know, you talked about being a, an, an immigrant mm -hmm. is to know what the lives of kids are like is, is really important and to have a better handle on that only helps us to ultimately tell the best and better stories, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Right. And, and Vicki's team, they work with, when we start a, a, a kernel of an idea, they're partners from the very beginning. And so the research and the data that you guys compile, and that is so helpful at every stage so we could pivot or we could work more toward what's working. Mm -hmm. And um, we have a creative development team. They actually are the keepers of the stories from the very beginning, mm -hmm. and they're integral in actually feeding the pipeline. Yep. So um, before it even comes to current series, which that's what I do, our development team, they're working with writers, working with artists, working with the education team, and really preparing the stories and the, the series to get at a point where it's ready to be handed off, and then that's where we work even more closely in production with our other experts, the story editors and, and the EPs and the art directors and animators to take what the development really, really put in place. So with animation, it's such a collaborative effort and at every single stage, we're always challenging ourselves and thinking, how could we make this better or how could we focus on what's right? And so it's, it's a lot of work, but mm -hmm. it's very rewarding and we know that there's so many steps and we just all have to work together and, and it's sometimes we get it wrong and mm -hmm. that's okay too, but um, we'll, we just do the best we can. I love what you talked about though is that it's that um, triangulation almost of, of how w we each bring our best mm -hmm. work to create the best content mm -hmm. and you're absolutely right. It starts with our development team and they're seeing and thinking about stories and series that may not be on the screen for another, if we're lucky, one, three, five years. But some of those properties, if you think about Mickey Mouse Clubhouse for us, or Doc McStuffins, or Sophia the First, you know, mm -hmm. Elena of Avalor, we have such a, call it like a treasure trove of, mm -hmm. of, um, of storytelling. Some of those properties are gonna be on the air for five or 10 years if we're lucky and we've done our job right. And what happens also is that kids grow into our content and then they grow out and then other kids grow in and they grow out. So I love how you said that sometimes we make mistakes, but the other part of it is that it also doesn't go away, right? <laughs> it lives with us for, a, and it lives out there in the zeitgeist in the world mm -hmm. for a very long time. So we wanna make sure that as we're building the, this sort of massive um, 
storytelling mm -hmm. world mm -hmm. is that we know that it's going to serve short time, short term needs, which is kids who are just enjoying a singular story, but that it's going to track through through many years or many stages of a, of a kid's life. Mm -hmm. So, and then once it's in the Disney library, it's forever. So that's another thing that we really take seriously, the stories that we're putting on our linear channel and that will stream and will be on social media. It's, it's something that we are also proud of. Mm -hmm. So, and um, it, it's a team effort, it, it is. And, and we're, we just happen to be the two lucky people who are here today talking, but back at the studio, we have it's so much support, and yeah. and it's it's um, I I we can't do our jobs without yeah. our immediate teams, yes. and then everyone else at Disney Junior, which I actually and we've worked at multiple uh -huh. uh, studios and for other production companies, but with Disney, it's a company that has been doing this, creating stories yeah. for decades, so. We're, we're so, I find myself fortunate to have the support. Yeah. Um, and it's a constantly changing landscape and, and the business changes as time moves on, but we're all working together to try to, to build upon that. So it's, we, it's, it's, you know, it has its ups and downs, but we're all in and mm -hmm. we're, it, we have fun. I hear what you're saying, though, and we'll, we'll get to the questions next. Um, oh, yeah. Is that when you think about it, and we sometimes live in a bubble on our floor or in our amongst our offices, or we, you know, we might mm -hmm. go out for meetings and people come in, but that legacy of storytelling that goes back to Snow White, and sometimes you know, you look at what the massive portfolio of content is, even outside of Disney Junior and Disney Channel. And um, it's kind of like this wonder. Mm -hmm. So I always think, okay, I got to really bring my best self because the stakes are, are pretty high. Mm -hmm. But um, mm -hmm. the thing that makes me feel so uh, confident and comfortable is that I also know that I'm not doing it alone. I have die. You're my partner, and I can come to you and say, I, I'm, I've hit this wall. I've hit this roadblock. I need to. I need to bounce something off you, or I can do the same thing. You know, across to all of our other teams, and um, we were going to give a shout out to our Disney Junior team over in Burbank, <laughs> but um, anyone on our team, whether you're just at the beginning of your career or, you know, we have executives who have been a part of Disney and Disney Channel for 10, 20, 30 years, and mm -hmm. it's just um, such a, a range, but knowing that we can just, at any turn, there is also such mm -hmm. a great um, pool of expertise. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, and we're we're constantly learning too. Oh my gosh, yes. Which is, I think that's just part of life. It's just part of the business, mm -hmm. and and um, and we learn a lot from our youngest members of the team mm -hmm. too. So it's um, I, I it's it's a pleasure to work in this industry to actually be privileged to have a job, um, and. We also challenge our leaders, <laughs> yeah. And and it's that hopefully we can continue to do that and and um, yeah. So that's we're so philosophical. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's almost can existential. All right. Yeah. Okay. So there's questions on the screen. What are we gonna do here? One of you read them. Okay. 
which form of children's media are we most lacking? Positive, diverse characters and plots or ones that champion STEM curriculum? So taking it from a positive yes. point of view, with throughout the programming of Disney Junior, I feel like we've, we've told a lot of different types of stories. Mm -hmm. And um, I could speak on behalf of the STEM um, focused storytelling. Uh, I was really lucky that one of the first series that I, I was able to work on was uh, Miles from Tomorrowland, which was heavily focused on STEAM. I'd like mm -hmm. to put the A in there. Yes. In fact, um, Sasha Palladino, who is the EP and the creator of Miles, he always puts that in the A because we're animation, it's art. Um, but science and art can coexist. Yes. So especially since that's what we do for a living, we're storytellers through media. So, um, but Miles, we, it's, it was all about the storytelling, the character relationships, being a good brother, a good sister, uh, sister being a good child, through the background of a story that was set, stories that were set in outer space. So um, every single episode we were able to tap into science but in a very fun way um so we we get our vitamins in there but yeah. through an entertaining way <laughs> uh, miles is a great example from the stem or steam mm -hmm. standpoint though which is a a property that and it was it was because we worked so closely with the team and, and sasha was so open to this mm -hmm. was it was built into the fabric of the series but because all of those elements were there, it allowed our other teams to also take that, that content and take it off the screen. So, mm -hmm. you know, I wanted to talk about some of the partnerships and some of the outreach that both of us were able to be a part of, whether it's to do um, a partnership with a children's museum in which we used, um, you know, a, a fun VR experience or... And now it's for, for, for Doc? For Miles, oh, though, for miles, even yeah. for Miles, right? Um, right. To, to explore the S-T-E-A-M mm -hmm. or um, some of the um, outreach that you did with NASA and mm -hmm. Google, our partnership with J JPL, mm -hmm. which is, it, it really is all about the best storytelling, but if we've done our job well and intentionally, it's seamless, these other aspects mm -hmm. of it, to transcend just the screen and really make it so much more impactful for young young kids. And I think that for us is the gold standard across all of our shows. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. you talk, you mentioned Doc. Mm -hmm. You know, Doc McStuffins a, is a, another example about that um, in that same way, which is you have this amazing character who kids aspire to be but even beyond the experience they have with watching one of the episodes was how Doc went from the screen out into the real world, whether mm -hmm. it was through, um, uh, again, ch children's traveling museum exhibits or some work we might have done with UNICEF. And that to me is the next level beyond these amazing series that hopefully also sell lots of mm -hmm. toys because that's mm -hmm. important for us um, but is it transcends to being so much more in a, in a child's life mm -hmm. so yeah and and each of our series whether it's tots or puppy dog pals or 
Vampirina mm -hmm. and everything in between, th there are stories of different cultures and, okay. and we celebrate holidays mm -hmm. it, from different cultures and um, we do have all types of stories that we want to integrate into each series. So that question about what, what are you lacking, there are always so many stories we could tell. Mm -hmm. And each team is doing its best to try to be as broad as possible and to bring in all these different types of stories. Mm -hmm. So it just depends on the series and, and um, um, what is the need of, of the characters at the moment. Mm -hmm. And But we're all, we're, that's top of our mind. Absolutely. One of the things I love when we go out to the schools is when we hear one of the kids say, whether they see a vampire or a princess or a, a penguin or a flamingo or um, or Elena of Avalor or mm -hmm. even more so now one of our newest series that we're going to launch next year, Mira Royal Detective, but is when the kids say to us, she looks like me or she looks like someone I know, I feel like that's the win for us because that means we are really connecting in an authentic way with who our audience mm -hmm. is. Mm -hmm. So um, mm -hmm. that it, that's one of the best parts. Mm -hmm. But okay, mm -hmm. so we have more questions here. Let's see. Mm -hmm. Can we see some more questions? Yeah. Let's see. Um, a lot of child development. Oh yeah, questions. that's a good Did one. I? At what point in the creative process do you look to consider? research on early childhood development and that's from Louise from Facebook. Mm -hmm. So I'll answer that mm -hmm. is we talked about what we call school studies or this formative evaluation process but we also look outside of um, just classrooms and preschools and research centers and that is this amazing world outside of experts and I would say that Center for Scholars and Storytellers is absolutely one of those those resources that we have to turn to. And we turn to them on a regular basis across the scope of, mm -hmm. of, of, of our work, whether it's for the youngest kids in preschool up to our, our tweens, uh, young teens, six to 11. It's also for our own education and training is to constantly know from an industry standpoint, from a uh, parenting trend stance, uh, standpoint is that we have um, best practices, that we have the most current information. So how we do that is um, we share lots of articles, we do lots of training, we bring in lots of outside consultants, whether it's episodically on a, a series to help us guide us if we need to work with something um, as, uh, uh, with a character with uh, people with disabilities or a certain ethnicity or race or a culture is to, to me that's what the, the most important thing is is that we turn to experts to help guide us and to help bring in the most current and most accurate information or mm -hmm. for us to help hone and carve out representation there was one question about perfect, is it, um, I think from Alex from, yeah, Alex from Instagram. Is it hard for someone to write professionally without experience? Oh, that's a good one for you. Yes. Yeah, I actually think if you, if you 
are not in the industry already, there are so many resources now. Mm -hmm. there, there are classes you can take at a community college or there's the extension program here at UCLA that have a lot of resources. Um, and then I'm sure online there are so many resources too to take mm -hmm. screenwriting or TV writing or, uh, and that's just one way to get the skills. But at our core, we all, everyone has a story. So you have to tap into that and, and, and bring out your experiences and, and what you could share. And if you feel like you want to put it on paper, then of course do it. Mm -hmm. um, if you want to write professionally um, for a television series or there's, it's, it's years of honing that craft and it's a skill that takes a lot of time. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of our writers have been in the business for decades, some not mm -hmm. as long. And it's about talent, it's about um, perseverance and really just sticking to it and and honing your craft. And it's also about the right fit. There may be um, a chance that we're looking for a specific type of writer for one series, but that writer may not be perfect mm -hmm. for a different one. So it's it, it's just like trying to get a job in any industry. It's what could you what could you contribute? And it's sometimes it's about timing, yep. being there at the right place, the right time. But um, I actually, I really think if you are not um, in the industry already, then start taking classes and and watching a lot of documentaries about filmmaking or TV writing, and it's endless. Right. Yeah. So that would, that's my advice. I would echo that as well, which is consume lots of media. Mm -hmm. You know, die. You said as a child of your love of all forms of right. storytelling and it it was the same for me mm -hmm. was I just loved television and movies and now there's so many, so many more ways you can get great content but I, I would I would echo that is whether you're just starting out or thinking about um, wanting to write professionally or to tell your story is the answer is yes mm -hmm. and more and mm -hmm. this will lead us into talking I think a little bit about diversity and inclusion but that I, I can't say enough how important it is uh, to share your story from your specific point of view. Something we talk a lot about right now in storytelling is what we call um, microculturalism, and it's really specificity. And I think there was a time, and to a certain extent that might still exist, but is that um, the more general our broad-based story would be more appealing or more attractive. And I think this is whether it's for whether you're a young child and watching animation or older. But I, I think in the best possible way that's changing is that we're always looking for that authentic voice and from that authentic point of view because if you come to the table with that, meaning it shows up in your, in your script or in your story, is it's always gonna serve to tell the story from from your heart mm -hmm. and from your experience. And it might not be something that has universal appeal, but what it will elicit, and I, I truly believe will garner more, is more empathy and more sympathy. 
So when we talk about this is we like to look at some of our content as well as some of our competitors' content, but just to like pull back a little bit, if you, you know, you look at the storytelling in something like Black Panther, or you look in the storytelling of something like Coco, or mm -hmm. from um, another studio, Crazy Rich Asians, is we might not all specifically have lived, or that might not have been our story, but you can both sympathize and empathize in the best possible way because you can find your likes and, you, and your differences, meaning you can say, oh, that's kind of like my family, or oh gosh, that's how I relate to my mom, or oh gosh, look at how messed up that relationship is with their <laughs> sister. Mine's not nearly as bad, but I think in that specificity, it's so much more moving and profound. So it, you talked about at the very beginning of us starting this is, the slight difference between you and me, mm -hmm. literally, is um, <laughs> so you're Japanese Peruvian mm -hmm. and I'm Japanese American. I'm third generation, but inevitably, if you were to just gloss over us, people would think that Di and I are, we often get confused for this being the same person. <laughs> now I always say, well, if I have to be confused with someone, it's an honor to be confused with Di. <laughs> I've used that line so many <laughs> times, but is that, it's in the specificity, mm -hmm. is your Japanese Peruvian. I learned so much about myself through you, but I also learned how we're different, you right. know, about your background, where your family is, and how you, what you celebrate, because it has the Latinx influence. Uh -huh. And then uh -huh. I sort of compare that to mine, which is I'm this person who grew up on the west side of Los Angeles, and I'm third generation Japanese American. But, you know, I think in that specificity, mm -hmm. It, it's almost as if you can get closer or, or create a stronger connection. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when it goes back to writing is, yes, just write your story, tell your story and kind of own it and, and find that impact in that way. And we need more of that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love that, yeah. And yeah, and Vicki and I work <laughs> really closely together and they're, yeah, I, I sometimes will say, hey, Vicki, I'll, I'll say hi. <laughs> It's fine. <laughs> yeah. it's okay. So when we sit side by side, you know we're two I different know. people. So. <laughs> All right, right, should we answer a couple more questions? Okay. Yeah. So Disney Channel has an initiative. Oh, does this is from Jordan, and I think it's a question. Does Disney Channel have an initiative and commitment to diversity and inclusion? Oh, I like this question. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Do the people at the highest levels of Disney Channel and Disney Junior, especially those that work on diversity and inclusion, represent the diversity of viewers? This is a long question, there's a couple here. Is there a diversity of gender, race, ethnicity, and ability with the organization, within the organization that is producing the content? So I think there's always two ways to answer a question, right? Mm -hmm. There's This is the rule of improv, there's the no but, and there's the yes and. So I'm gonna, I always choose the yes and, because remember I'm a glasses half full <laughs> person is yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. We have a, a commitment. It stems from the highest level at the enterprise level for the Walt Disney Company. It cascades down to all of our lines of business, whether it's studio, mm -hmm. feature animation, um, all of our partners, parks and resorts. For us, as we're, Disney Channels is a part of a larger um, entity within Disney called Walt Disney Television. And it's something that we're working hard at. And it's really important. I think we've talked about the nuances in terms of our, our content, what we wanna see and represent, but is um, it's important. But I also 
want to say that we can do better. So the thing we always talk about from an inclusion standpoint is we're all at a place along the path or the journey. Some are further along and some are sort of just starting to understand what that means. But going back to data is I think a few years ago we knew that kids two to five and our insights team teaches us this, right, and informs us that the majority of kids two to five, and I'm really grossly generalizing, mm -hmm. but um, were, was majority minority from a race and ethnicity standpoint. So those kids are aging up, so that next bucket of kids are now six to 11 or 14. So then what we know moving forward, and Yalda might be able to have to like give you a link to this specific information is that is um, you know the census will reveal that what the what what race and ethnicity looks like is going to continue to evolve so we know that at Disney is that if we want to stay um, connected through our stories is both in front behind the camera those who write those who create those who show run have to come from representation of what we call dimensions of identity. You know, there's a, a lot of different ways to look at that, whether it's gender, um, whether it's race and ethnicity, whether it's LGBTQ mm -hmm. plus I, there's also people with disabilities, and there's, um, you know, socioeconomic mm -hmm. and age, and there's just so many more ways. I look at it not as what we haven't done or where we are not, but the opportunity of where we, we can go and, and we need to go um, to, to stay relevant. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, yeah, and we have to talk about Mira. <laughs> okay, yeah, a few just, minutes. And, and this actually goes to that point of diversity and inclusion and what type of stories we wanna tell. We are so proud to be working on a series that will debut in March 20. 20 mm -hmm. and it's our show called Mira Royal Detective and it's a, a protagonist who is a young girl of South Asian descent she's she's she lives in a fantasy world that is um, uh, inspired by a by Indian culture mm -hmm. so Asian. yeah South Indian Asian culture mm -hmm. so we're it, it we're very very privileged to be working on a yes. show where we are going to be introducing kids to a different world mm -hmm. and um, so that we're that's the, one of the shows that we're the most um, heavily uh, um, we're working on that one right now that our our my focus is on mirror right now yeah I'm uh, that will be next year when we can share more uh, with the the world in fact um, but for kids two to five years old, and I always say, I said, so, you know, having worked in this industry in a long time on a lot of wonderful properties, I have to say that this is one that I am the most proud of and the most honored to be a part of. And again, I'm gonna say how hard the work is, is it's really labor intensive, but it's so important that we get it right. So. It, this is diversity, this is research. I mean, we are just really at the highest level challenging our, ourselves to mm -hmm. get it right and mm -hmm. to be informed and to what we don't know, but to ask the questions that we might not know so that as um, our writers and our teams 
build out these wonderful mm -hmm. stories that have all the bells and whistles mm -hmm. that you need for mm -hmm. a preschool show of, of um, great characters and humor and some action and music, but that in the most authentic way, it's representing mm -hmm. um, Indian culture. And mm -hmm. we've um, surrounded ourselves with uh, talent and a team, whether it's choreographers or costumers or cultural experts and writing and production music partners, and music, right. yeah, so that it is just infused to the highest degree. Yeah. Um, of support yep. and experts in the field of Indian culture. But we need people to watch it, so watch <laughs> it. <laughs> Beginning March 2020. Oh, that's good. I'll read that to you, Dad. Sure. So Alexandra asks, how do your studies and the consumer slash content insights groups work together with creative development? Yeah, like, or I would add, yeah. and production. Yeah, um, we work so closely with our consumer insights team. They are the experts at what they do. Yeah. They um, put all the research together. They work very closely mm -hmm. with our development team and the series, current the current series teams to ask the right questions and so when they do go out into the field and it's time for them to do the studies mm -hmm. and with the focus groups um, the questions are very um, helpful to us when they come back and and the answers that we may get may they're, they're going to challenge us and and hopefully make better content yeah, the, the, we are so lucky to have these teams be a part and partners for our work, and they are amazing. And um, they talk to thousands and thousands mm -hmm. of kids a year mm -hmm. across the country, if not across the world, and they see them in person, and they do it through you know, digital, um, where it's qualitative and quantitative. And I'm always the first to give myself the hall pass and say, I'm an educational researcher, but those are the real researchers. You know, they're the ones who have the most up-to-date information and, and the data. Mm -hmm. And I love just being able to go to them as a thought partner mm -hmm. and say, tell me what you know, mm -hmm. tell me what I need to know, just mm -hmm. tell me more. Mm -hmm. um, I'm also happy to be able to s refer and defer to them and say, I'm not the person you need to talk to about that. You need to talk to, you know, someone on Jane's team, or mm -hmm. Irene, or Lisa, or Kathy, and the names, you know, go on and on. Mm -hmm. um, we have so many amazing partners mm -hmm. who help us to do to make I think me look good, mm -hmm. us look good, and us all look good. But it, mm -hmm. I think, it honestly takes like we have to show up every day, right? Mm -hmm. Like really, yeah. it's it's yeah. good hard work, right? And and then with that scientific feedback then it's up to us as the storytellers, the development team, the series um, content, all of us to work together mm -hmm. and, and use that to influence us to make better content or pivot or do the best we can to do our jobs. But then so. it goes on, right? We could you could have like a whole nother hour session here is once it leaves the threshold where we let it go and in a sense you don't really give your baby away but is it goes to um, but they're involved early on as you mentioned the brand team is mm -hmm. for us it's called brand development and integrated planning they have an expertise that is always sort of astounding to mm -hmm. me 
uh, to extend our properties to products or to our parks uh, team mm -hmm. and then our marketing team that comes in and I just sort of sit back and go yes you do your thing through um, uh, whether it's creative, promos, social media, mm -hmm. um, engagements, mm -hmm. out is, mm -hmm. um, I think these things don't happen and success doesn't happen by accident. It's very planful and at every turn, um, such a robust system. So she answer one more question? Sure. Okay. 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 But it's gonna cut off at one. Okay. okay. Three okay. minutes. Will be in mid-sentence. That's a okay. good way to end about impact. So Becca asked from Instagram, "How? What's the evidence of the impact of your content development?" Oh yeah. How do you evaluate outcomes from your content on viewers? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we have probably two and a half minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And we talked about this a little bit before uh -huh. about the what happened with Doc McStuffins. Right. Mm -hmm. Is mm -hmm. uh, for me, it's uh, I'm, I'm like I'm right. Yes, right. <laughs> you um, is it's engagement. Act, absolutely, we measure. You know, um, not so much ratings. Mm -hmm. We do measure ratings, mm -hmm. but um, it's it's when it goes above and beyond. And mm -hmm. I use that word about transcend. Is we're producing content, but mm -hmm. in a sense, we're doing it for the kids. It sounds here we're going being so philosophical, but is that is that this is something that's gonna carry them for the rest of their lives mm -hmm. in some way, shape, or form. Um, for us, it is the point of entry to a great big world of Disney content that if we've done our job right, it's gonna continue on for, for decades until mm -hmm. 80s and 90s mm -hmm. and, and, and beyond. But um, the impact is, I'm gonna get all, it's, is that we've just made the world a better place. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right? Right, uh, right. What, what do you? Right, and, and our media team, they share with us through social the, the photos that people post of mm -hmm. themselves wanting to be the characters and, yeah. and um, some of our content creators too. They, or yeah, someone yeah, goes they, like, a, can, can I be a doctor like Doc McStuffins? Yeah. Or maybe or, they'll say that about Mira. Right. Can I be a, a, a detective? A problem solver. Yeah, a problem solver. Can I help? Right, and, and puppy dog pals, kids love puppies, oh gosh, yeah. the puppies, because they're so great brothers to each other, and mm -hmm. it's such a, a great message. So, yeah, we, we hear the feedback, and, and um, we love it, because it, it challenges us to make more just like what we're continuing to do. I just want to make kids happy, mm -hmm. make them laugh, um, tickle, or like touch their hearts. Right. Right? Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. More time? Yeah. Right. One more minute. Yeah. One more minute. Yeah. <laughs> Any last, last takeaway for the audience? Yeah. Um, just what we've all been saying about trying to make content that inspires kids to be better citizens. Okay. I we I, we can't say that enough, especially with what the center is doing. Yeah. And we we're just so grateful to have this opportunity to tell our story. Shout out to Yalda mm -hmm. and the Center mm -hmm. for Storytellers and Scholars and the team here behind the camera yeah. that you don't, <laughs> you don't see. It's such really good important and, work. and important work, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you so thank much. You. Bye. Bye. That concludes this episode of the Scholars and Storytellers podcast. A very special thanks to Vicky Ariasu and Diane Ikemiashiro for joining us in that conversation. 
If you have a minute, rate and review us. And if you have any friends who you think would like the show, share it with them. If you're interested in learning more about our work, please visit us at scholarsandstorytellers.com and follow our social media accounts by searching Center for Scholars and Storytellers. This podcast was produced by the Center for Scholars and Storytellers with special thanks to Jim Ools for creating the intro music, the UCLA Film School, and Near Leapenthal. Goodbye for now, and thank you for listening.